Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. In 2 Samuel 21, I'm going to read a few portions of Scripture here for you. I'm not going to read this whole deal here, but I want to kind of lay a little groundwork for you because uh, when you read 2 Samuel and you get into the, the later chapters of 2 Samuel, it's very interesting because we are reading of the later years of David's life and we don't talk a lot about his later years. We, we talk, we, 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 we kind of talk about David up to the point of Bathsheba and then we kind of leave him alone a little bit and we don't really talk about the end part of his life and the later years of his, of, of the manifestation of what happened in his life and I believe that those, those years are important and there's a story here in 2 Samuel 21 and the Bible tells us that there was a famine in the days of David, that David experienced the famine in the land and the famine went on for three years straight. For three years, there was a famine and David began to, to pray. He inquired of the Lord. The Bible tells us that he inquired of God and he said, God, at first I thought this was just a famine, you know, a year, maybe two, but, but I'm, I'm at the point now where there's a spirit here. There's something wrong. Why do we have a famine? And the Bible says that God told David, he said, David, the reason that you're experiencing a famine is because of Saul's bloody house. You see, I, I, I told Saul to leave the Gibeonites alone, but, but Saul didn't want to do that. And Saul slayed the Gibeonites his lust for power and to reign, he, in, his, in his anger, he, he, slew, he slew the Gibeonites. And it's because of that that I have caused this, these three years of famine. And David said, Lord, what, what shall I do? And so he took seven sons. And we find this in verse 6. He says, let seven men of the sons be delivered to us. This is the Gibeonites. They said, he said, how can I make this right with you? He said, give us seven of Saul's sons and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul whom the Lord did choose and the king said I will give them and but the king spared Mephibosheth the son of Jonathan the son of Saul because of the Lord's oath that was between them between David and Jonathan and the son of Saul but the king took the two sons of Rizpah the daughter of Ai whom she bare unto Saul Armani and Mephibosheth and the five sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up from Adriel, the son of uh, Barzelia, the Maholathite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell, all seven together, and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of barley harvest. And Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beasts of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son and the men of Jabesh-Gilead, which had stolen them from the street of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hanged them and the Philistines had slain Saul in uh, Gilboa, and he brought up 
from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son and gathered the bones of them that were hanged and the bones of Saul and Jonathan were buried in the country of Benjamin in Zelah in the sepulcher of Kish his father and they performed all the king all that the king commanded and after that God and after that God was entreated for the land this morning uh, I would like to talk to you about the spirit of Rispa the spirit of Rispa. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much and we're so thankful to be in your house and we're so thankful to feel what we feel, the churning and the turning of your presence. God, we stir up that gift today that's, that's within us. We stir up that gift that is within this house. We ask it all in your name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Would you put your hands together? Someone shout in Jesus' name. You may be seated. In the presence of the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> this is Old Testament that we're preaching about today. And so when we, when we uh, talk about Old, Te Old Testament, we conjure up the concept of law and wrath and how God dealt with things in the Old Testament. We're living in a New Testament time. Uh, because Jesus has died and risen again and the testament has power because the, the testator has died and risen again with all power in heaven and earth. So when we talk about Old Testament, we have to think about uh, the, the principles of, of what's happening here. And, and there's a principle here that David is paying for what Saul did. N not only is David paying for what Saul did, but the entire country of Israel is paying for what Saul did. We see this all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament, we see uh, general punishment for single people doing crazy things. We see it in Jericho. We, we see it in David's life. We see it in Jacob's life. We see it in Joseph's life. We, we, we're now seeing it in David's life. And we all throughout the scripture, we see that all throughout the Old Testament, we see that there is a, a corporal punishment sometimes for the children of Israel. We see that early on in the children of Israel when they are leaving from uh, Egypt that many, many times even when Miriam opened her mouth and spoke evil of Moses, the Bible says that the people stopped for seven days. They were just paralyzed for seven days because Miriam was outside the camp. And we, we see a corporal punishment concept uh, in the Old Testament that we don't see in the New Testament that the Bible tells us in the New Testament that each man must work out his own salvation that 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 what you do what you do doesn't necessarily affect me unless I let it affect me that 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 what I what I do I make my own choices and I make my own decisions but we all know that we are affected we're affected by family. We're affected by heritage. We're affected by genetics. Some of us in this room, we, 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 we got good genes. And, 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 and we're thankful for that because we, we're born uh, with, with, with good genes. Some, some of us ain't got good genes. And, and, and we're not thankful for that. And, but, but, but we're affected by family. We're affected by things that happened in our past. I'm affected. Things that my father did affect me. Things that my mother did affect me. Things that people did in your life affect you and, and and we live sometimes under that even though that's an earthly and a fleshly thing we still live with those things but the principle of the old testament was that David is now paying for what Saul did in disobedience to God that, that God took it personal 
when Saul attacked the Gibeonites and killed them, when God had given him a mandate, do not touch the Gibeonites. They are not to be harmed. But Saul in his zeal and Saul in his lust for power killed the Gibeonites. And so David has to go to the Gibeonites and he says, what, what can I do to make this right? What is the, what is the price that needs to be paid uh, to make this okay? And when he, when he does that, when he, when he says, what is this price? The, the Gibeonites uh, amazingly have an answer. They must have already thought about this. This must have already been in their spirit, already been in their mind. And they said, uh, give us seven of Saul's sons. Give us seven of Saul's sons. And uh, if you give us seven of Saul's sons, we'll take those sons and we'll hang them. And that'll, that'll make us feel better. Some, somehow David allows this. He saves only Mephibosheth. And he allows seven of Saul's sons. Seven of Saul's sons to be taken and given to the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites do exactly what they said they were going to do. And they take those men and they hang them. They hang them and they leave them hung. And the Bible says that they hung them on a rock. That there was a rock that they hung these men on and they left them there. But unbeknownst to most people, there was a couple of those boys that belonged to a lady. There was a couple of those, those young men hanging on that rock and those were the sons of a woman the Bible calls Rizpah. Rizpah is not a queen. She, she, she doesn't have some great uh, stature or position. The Bible is very clear that Rizpah was just a concubine of Saul. That she really didn't have a position or a place. Uh, she was just Saul's girlfriend, so to speak. These kind of things were, were common in this day and time. And Saul had many concubines and many wives. And this was one of his concubines. Her name was Rizpah. And it was a couple of her sons that they took and they hung on that rock. And the Bible says that Rizpah took her a blanket and she spread it out for her on that rock. And she did not leave that place until the end of harvest. Matter of fact, even after harvest, she was still there. Here's what the Bible tells us, that she took sackcloth and she spread it upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven. And not only did she stay on that rock, she lived there, she stayed there, but she would not let the birds of the air nor the beasts of the field touch those boys. They may have been dead, but she was not going to let them be dishonored in her presence. I looked the word rispa up. I said, I want to know what this word means. What, 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 because, you know, in the Old Testament, when people are given names, they, 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 have, they, they hold a weight and value. And if you look up the name rispa, in its, in, its uh, in its most used form, it means pavement. And if you look that up and you, you search a little deeper, it means uh, 
an unmovable stone. That it's something that's, that's, that's supposed to stay. So we have a woman whose name is unmovable stone sitting on an unmovable stone until something is done about her children. She refuses to move because she will not allow them to be dishonored. Today, I want to bring you this word today because the tenacity of Rizpah is something that I believe we need in the house of God today. The unfailing and the unwavering desire to see something done enough that you would stay long enough to see it done. Rizpah had already lost her children, but she would not lose her honor. Her sons had already been taken from her, but she had made up her mind, I'm, I'm still not defeated until I give up and let the elements take them. I, I'm not going to give up my children's bodies to be eaten by the wiles of nature, but I will stay on the rock until the king comes and does something about this. And she stayed on the rock through the wind, and she stayed on the rock through the night, and she stayed on the rock when the fowls of the air came, and she stayed on the rock when the beast of the night came, and nothing could move her from the rock. She was established there. She was pavement. She was pavement. She was unsteadfast and unmovable. And I come to preach today about the spirit of Rispa. The spirit of someone who would not give up even in the face of defeat. She had already been beaten. If, if we're taking score today and we're talking about teams and we're talking about it, what, what did Rizpah win or what did Rizpah lose. Listen, if, if, we're, if we get our calculator out, Rizpah had already lost. She had lost her son. She had lost her honor. She had lost her future. It was already over. But she still wouldn't give up even though she had already lost. What, what kind of spirit does someone have to have to say, you know what, I've lost some things, but I'm still not going to give up? What kind, of, what kind of spirit does someone have to have and say, you know what, if, uh, if we're taking score here today, I'm definitely losing, but I'm, but I'm not quitting. And see, I, I want to preach to somebody today that may have come into this house today and all you have in your hand is ashes. But you've decided, you know what? I still will not give up and I will not quit even though I've already lost. Oh, hallelujah. Can I, can I tell you today, can I tell you today that there is a spirit of Rispa that wants to come into somebody's life today and say, listen, I know that you've already lost. I know that there's some things you can't get back. I know that there's some victories you can't rewin. You can never get it back. Those days are gone. Those days are over. But I refuse to give up on the days to come. Oh, hallelujah. I come today with a word for somebody in the house that you may be in your darkest moment, you may be in your darkest hour, but the king is still on the throne. The king has not gone anywhere. The king will come see about you if you will stay on the rock. Can I preach about that rock for just a little bit? 
The rock is unmovable. The rock is unchangeable. All you got to do is stay on the rock. I trust in the rock. Here's what Jesus says. I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house on the rock. That when the wind came and the storm came and, and the waves crashed, the house was unmovable because it was built on a rock. Stay on the rock. Don't give up. Stay on the rock. You say, well, Pastor Chavis, I feel like giving up because I've already lost. Yes, you have, but you haven't lost what you think you've lost. Oh, yeah, hallelujah. You still have a reason to get up. You still have a reason to live. You still have a reason to go. You still have a reason to continue on. You still have a reason. This woman could have went. She could have complained. She could have said anything she wanted to say. She could have went home, and no one would have blamed her. But she had something inside of her, a tenacity, an unmovable stone, sitting upon an unmovable stone that said, you know what, even in my darkest hour, I refuse to quit. Refuse to quit. The spirit of quitting is upon us today. The spirit of quitting is in the house. There's some people in this room right now, you've already quit. You're, a, you're in attendance, but your spirit's not here. You've already given up. You've already... You've already kind of thrown in the towel. You're just here keeping up appearances. But if truth be told, you've, you've already quit. There's some folks here today that you're close to quitting. You feel like this may be your last service. And, 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 and if you wanted to come up here and testify and tell us all why you want to quit, you may find a few of us that would agree with you and say, yeah, yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Sounds about right. We, we can do the math to it. Yeah, you probably should quit. I mean, that's a good reason to quit. You, you, you've lost. You've, you've been broken. You, you, you've, you've been hurt. You've been, you've been wounded. You're, you're, you, you've been worked to death. You, you, you have no more to give. We, we, would, we, we could all stand and, 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 and give a testimony today of how tough it is. I've wanted to quit. Full transparency. Absolutely. I've wanted to quit. I've thought about quitting. Because quitting sounds like a blast. Oh, see, y'all not going to say it, so let me say it. Y'all going to sit here and pretend like you saved on a Sunday morning. But you know how we roll at Truth Chapel. We don't really play no games like that. So, so let me just go ahead and say what you want to say, but you won't say. It's quitting sounds awesome. That I could, just, I could just walk away from the responsibility. I could just give up and just quit, and then no one would care, and then no one would look for me, and then no one would ask me, and then no one, I wouldn't have to be on time. And I, I just, I, let me, let, can I, this can be my counseling session this, this, this Sunday morning. Y'all just, let me lay on the couch, and y'all just be my, Y'all be my therapist today. Let me, let me talk, because quitting sounds awesome, because quitting just kind of takes the responsibility off of you, and, and, and quitting takes the eyes off of you, and you can just quit. And people may be, be, be disappointed, but they'll get over it. They'll move on. You can just quit, and then, you know, it, it'll feel great. But here's the lie. 
Here's where in li- here in here herein lies the lie. That quitting doesn't make you feel good. No, quitting fixes nothing. Quitting is worse than staying in the fight. Yeah. You know, because at least if I'm showing up, there's a chance. There's a chance. You know, slim as it may be, there's a chance. You know, I'm doing the math and it don't look real good, but you can't win if you don't show up. I mean, if you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. If you you quit, you're a guaranteed loser, guaranteed, 100%. But if you'll stay in the fight, you know, there's a small chance, maybe like a a, a 0.0000001% chance that I might make it. That, I, that God might do something. And, and, and I've been on this rock for I don't know how long. And I fought off I don't know how many things. And no one even cares that my children are dead. No one even cares that I'm out here by myself until somebody told the king. Oh, somebody driving by one day. Somebody coming by one day said, who's that on the rock? Oh, that's Rispa. Oh, yeah, she's been out here since the thing happened. Rispa ain't going nowhere. That's Rispa out there. She's been out there. She's been out there since y'all hung them boys. She ain't going home one time. And somebody said, David, hey, listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but Rispa is still on the rock. And David said, we got to go. We got to go right now. You see, you don't know what day the king is going to come. You don't know what day the king is going to come. You don't know what day the king is going to command. You don't know what day the king's going to say, you know what? It's been enough. I'm going to see about Rispa. You don't know when the rain starts to fall from the sky. We've been praying and we've been sowing, so send the rain. You don't know what day is going to rain. No man knoweth the day and no man knoweth the hour. But today could be the day. This could be the Sunday. This could be your opportunity. Give somebody a fist bump and tell them, thank God I didn't stay home because today could be my day. Today could be the day. Today could be the day the king shows up and says, hey, I'm putting an end to all this. Today could be the day the king shows up and says, hey, 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 we're stopping this today. Take your hand off. I'm, I'm taking it back. Somebody say, without fail, thou shalt recover all. Without fail, thou shalt recover. Today could be the day the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to give you back every year that the canker worm tried to eat up. I'm going to give it back to you. Today could be the day. Is there a whisper in the house that'll say, I'm staying on the rock. I'm lost, but I'm staying on the rock. I'm hurting, but I'm staying on the rock. I'm broken, but I'm staying on the rock. I'm depressed, but I'm staying on the rock. I feel like a failure, but I'm staying on the rock. I refuse to be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. Come on, the enemy wants someone to do it today. The enemy wants you to quit. He wants you to stop walking through the door. 
He wants you to stop praying. He wants you to stop singing. He wants you to stop praising. He wants you to stop worshiping. He wants you to stop giving. He wants you to stop. He wants you to quit because he knows if you quit, then he's won. But, but, but as long as you keep making an effort, as long as you keep making an effort, he cannot win. He cannot win. He cannot win. He cannot win as long as you show up. That spirit of Rizpah gets on you and you say, you know what, I'm not going nowhere. Hey, Rizpah, the, 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 the wild beasts are coming. I'm not, I'm not leaving. Hey, Rizpah, the, the fowls of the air are coming. I'm not leaving. Hey, Rizpah, it's hot out here. I'm not leaving. Hey, Rizpah, it's cold outside. I'm not leaving. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Until the king comes. The king takes the bones and buries them. They buried him in the country of Benjamin in the sepulcher of Kish. And when all that the king had commanded had been done, after that God was entreated for the land. It took Rispa to lift the famine. See, as long as those boys hadn't been buried, there was still a famine. But it took Rispa staying on the rock to alleviate the famine. Because if Rispa would have not stayed on the rock, David may have never went back to that place. He may never have went back to Gibeah and took all the bones of Saul and Jonathan and his sons and buried them together in the sepulcher of Kish. It was only after they were buried in the sepulcher of Kish that God was entreated for the land and the famine was lifted. It took Rispa to lift the famine. I know you may be the only person from your family here today. But it might be, you might be Rispa. Listen, I know, I know you may be the only one out of your marriage who's really giving it all, who's really doing it all, who's really putting in the time, the effort, and the energy, and you're tired, and you're wounded, and you're hurting, and you're ready to give up. But can I tell you, you, you might be Rispa. <laughs> you say, no, no one cares, no one knows, and I'm out here doing this all by myself, and, and, and I'm all alone. Can I tell you, don't, don't give up now. Because you, you might be the rispa that your family's waiting for. You might, you might be the rispa that, that changes this whole thing around. You might be the one that when the king shows up, he says, you know what, I'm going to fix all this. And when it's over with, you see it lifted off of the entire family. You may, you may be the one. We see it again in Matthew 15. I'm closing with this story. Matthew 15 and verse 22. The Bible says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. You can turn my monitors down. The woman out of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. She wasn't about to be vexed. She wasn't, a, she wasn't about to be possessed. She wasn't a, a, about to be grievously vexed with the devil. She was already vexed with the devil. Already had the spirit on her. She was already in a mess. The Bible says that Jesus answered her not a word. 
And the disciples came to Jesus and they said, listen, send her away because now she's crying out to us. She's, be, she's becoming a problem. Here's what the disciples said in layman's terms. This woman getting on my nerves. She came to you, you ignored her, and now she's bugging us and she's getting on my nerves. So do something with her. So finally Jesus answered her and he said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not here for you. I didn't come for you. I am not here except for the people of Israel. I ain't got nothing to do with you. But watch verse 25. Then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. She had been ignored. And now she had been told that I'm not here for you. I, I, I didn't come here for you. She had, she had a, a daughter possessed by the devil, a Jesus that wouldn't talk to her, and now had discredited her presence. And she worshiped anyway. Most of us would have left automatically. We would have filled out a Yelp review, and we'd have gave Jesus a one and a half star and been like, this man treated me so horribly. I don't know why anybody else would let him serve them. It was worse than McDonald's when their ice cream machine is broken. That's what we would have done. We'd have been hot. We'd have been mad. We'd have been fired up. We'd have been ready to get rid of them. We'd have said no. But here's what she did. She worshiped. She fell down and she lifted her hands. She said, Lord, help me. Oh, it sounds so good, don't it? Sounds so good. She came worshiping and saying, Lord, help me. Watch verse 26. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. You calling me a dog? Oh, no, you didn't. The devil is a lie. About to catch these hands, bro. You know, no, nobody called me a dog. It's just, so, it's just so counterintuitive to what we know about Jesus because we know him as a kind and a loving and an accepting. But can I tell you that sometimes God stiff arms people? Because he wants to see how long you'll stay on the rock. I tell you that sometimes when we come to God and we feel that resistance, anybody ever done that before? You're praying and you feel that resistance. You're, 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 you really want it all in and, and, you're, and you're coming to God. You're, you're worshiping. You're, you're giving God glory and giving God praise and you're, and you're developing your relationship with him. And you feel like God's like, stay over there. I'm not, I'm not, I ain't worried about you. God, it seems like everybody else getting their miracle but me. Seems like everybody else winning the lottery but me. God seems like everybody else getting healed but me. Seems like everybody's family's doing well but me. Seems like everybody's children's doing good but my kids. Anybody want to talk back to me today? It's, 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 I'm preaching. And God, I feel like you, you're, you're talking to everybody else, but you're not talking to me. God saying. I don't, I don't want to take the meat 
from my children's table and, and, and give it to dogs. Here's what she says in verse 27. She said, truth, Lord. You're right. That's true. You're right. That's true. Yet, the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. It's like, I can't get rid of this woman. I've ignored her. I've ignored her. I've, 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 I've discredited her. And now I've offended her. I cannot get rid of her. Because she has a spirit of rispa on her. She's pavement. <laughs> She's pavement. She's a stone that cannot be removed. She's like, God, I'm not leaving here until I get. My daughter's more important than my feelings. Oh, you're not hearing me right now. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere because, because my future and my destiny and my anointing is, is more important than, than my little emotions that I be feeling. Don't you let the devil offend you out of this church. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you let the devil get you to leave because God ain't doing what you want him to do in the time frame you want him to do it. She said, Lord, if all I can get is crumbs, fill my plate. If all I can get is a little bit, I'll take a little bit. And Jesus said, my God, I can't get rid of this woman. And Jesus answered and said unto her, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Be it unto you even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from the very hour. He said, you can have what you want, woman. Great is thy faith. In another version, he says, I've never seen faith like this. I've never seen, I've never seen people that won't give up. I ignored her. I discredited her. And I offended her. And all she could do was continually ask me. She didn't go away. Everybody else would have left. Everybody else would have been gone. But she had the spirit of Rispa, and she stayed on the rock and said, I'm not leaving until the king comes and sees about me. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not, I'm not going nowhere. Oh. oh, that we could be like that Seraphonician woman. Or that we could be like that woman with the issue of blood who knew it was unlawful for her to touch a man. Who knew that she could not get a one-on-one -on -one with him. She knew that he, his time was valuable and she probably couldn't schedule the time to have Jesus lay hands on her. She said, so I'll lay hands on him. But I'll get to him. I'll touch him. I don't care what I got to do. And she crawled and she touched him. Or blind Bartimaeus who they told to shut up. Be quiet. He's busy. But he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, 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 you ought to be quiet, man. It's church time. We, we know we're trying, to, we're trying to do our menu here. We got a little schedule we got going on. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Until Jesus said, wait a minute, hold up, stop the whole party. Where, bring him to me. What do you want? He said, it's my eyes, it's my eyes. I can't see, it's my eyes. 
Can't see us, my eyes. Well, the man who said, God, my, my son is filled with the devil. And your disciples couldn't do it. But I brought him to you. And he says, do you believe he can be healed? Do you believe? I, I believe, but could you help my unbelief? Because I'm struggling to believe it. But, but I'm going to stand right here. I'm not going nowhere. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be right here. Be, because I know that you, if you can help my unbelief, you can help my son. I'm not going to let my unbelief paralyze me. I'm not going to let my, 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 my trial, I'm not going to let my trial immobilize me. I'm not going to let my, my struggle keep me here. But, but I've made up my mind that I, I'm going I'm to have a, a tenacious desire to see God do something in my family. To see God do something in my heart. I refuse to give up. Call me pavement. Because you have to walk over me to get where you're going. Call me pavement because you have to drive over me to get to the next place. I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to be everywhere you go. I'm an unmovable stone. I'm an unmovable stone. I have the spirit of Rispa. I wonder if you stand with me today. And as you stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know what you're facing today. I have no clue, no idea. There's a couple situations in the room that I'm privy to, but probably 90% of the people in this room, I don't, I don't really know what you're facing. I, have, I, don't, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you fight on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't, I don't know what you're fighting. The thing about it is, is that everybody we talk to, they, they have their own demons, their own devils, their own problems. My prayer today is that you won't give up. My prayer today is that you will stay on the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. It's the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When the world all around me is sinking sand, on Christ, the solid rock, I'll stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Every head bowed, every eye still closed. I wonder if there's anybody in this room today that would like to make their way to an altar and say, God, baptize me with the spirit of Rispa because I, I feel like giving up some days. I feel like, I feel like walking away. I feel like, I feel like throwing in the towel. So I, I feel like just, just, just giving it all in because it would be better. It would be safer. It would be, it would be easier to, to just not have it. And, and I, could just, I could just be safer. I could be safer from all fear. I could be safer from all harm if I just quit, if I just walked away. But God's calling to you today. Don't, don't give up. Stay in the fight. Stay on the rock. The king's coming. Hear this preacher today. The king's coming. Hear the word of God today. The king's coming. I don't know when. I, I, I wish I knew the day. I wish I knew the hour. I, 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 I wish I did. It would probably make you feel a little bit better. But, but can I tell you, I don't know when, but I promise you the king when he hears about it, when he, when he, when he hears about it, he, he will break, he will break every speed limit. He'll break every law. He's coming. He said, I'm coming. I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to heal. 
I'm going to renew. I'm going to restore. Don't you give up now. Don't you give up now. Don't you walk away now. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to walk away. This is not the time to just say, you know what, I just give it. I throw it all away. I just give it all up because, because you know, who cares anymore? And, and nobody even knows what I'm going through. And no one even cares about me anymore. Don't you listen to that lie. You stay on the rock, Rispa. Stay on the rock, Rispa. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.